What are you eating that's preparing 13 hours? That's so delightful. I mean, if you wanted to marinate like a pork loin. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be off the top of my head. That's something I'd marinate for, for for half a day. All day long. Yeah. Just let that sit and sweat out its own. I don't really know what to even say about that. Is Ellen DeGeneres only to see Twitch? Eliza Newsom. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, the DJ's name is Twitch. Oh, I thought you were talking about like Twitch live streaming. Yeah, that tells you that I. No, don't but watch if Ellen. you are interested in live streaming, Fubo TV is the way to go. Oh, we'll there that. we go. <laughs> right, well, hey, Greg, I'd want to be the first to say this on the air. Um, and actually, the only person to say this on the air. Congratulations on making it to Las Vegas, the Sin City. Oh, we are here. Um, we have not sinned as much as anyone would expect yet. Yet. Yeah. But we'll get there. You have dogs in a hotel. That's that's a sin. Yeah, you may. They occasionally like to talk on podcasts, my dogs. So uh, they'll, if they're barking in the background... Uh, they're just saying hello. Yeah. No there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's nice here so far. Yeah. Um, the Mexican food is tremendous. Really? Oh my! Oh man! It's. Are you yeah. saying that the Mexican food is nice closer to Mexico? That's that's a bizarre statement you're making there. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Also, wait. Happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays to the Toon Army fan. Yes, and the Chronicle for putting a snow, a, like a Santa hat on the E of the Chronicle Live. Yeah, should, do, should because, we wish them a happy holidays because of that? Yes, because it's, it's also just like done with such terrible effort. It's like covering up the E. I would just recommend everyone check out the Chronicle uh, just to look at that. Yeah. Not to read any of the articles, actually. Yeah, because you can get all your news from cominghomenewcastle.com. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Best place to read stuff that I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> right now, it seems like that is 100% accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's get into some things here. Uh, we're going to start with some club news, one being Rolando Aarons. So it was his last match with Slovern Libric. I'm not, probably not pronouncing that correctly, but he has finished his loan spell up there. They have like a long winter break. Um, it snows a lot in the Czech league. So he had 769 minutes in 13 matches. It's a mid, uh, mid table club. He started nine times, didn't score. Um, 
it was kind of a eh, average at best loan spell for him. I don't see him. He's coming back for January. I don't see him playing. We may, maybe for a depth piece, but I think even I would take Jacob Murphy at this point. It just doesn't seem like he's if, if he's not doing well in the Czech league, he's not going to make it on the ground. Simple, simple math. Thoughts is on that? Time, is, is it time to put? Is it time to call Rolando Aaron's the B word? Uh, what's that? Bust. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you don't ever want to hear that if you're an athlete. No, yeah, you don't. <laughs> I I think it is. I think it's I time. Yeah, I mean, there is so much. Like, there's so many fans. Especially, I mean, I think championship season was probably the height of like Rolando Aaron's like. Oh my gosh, this guy is amazing. Whereas, like, he played a few times in the championship, and everyone's like, "This is what we needed." Like, you know, if he wasn't just injured all the time, he would be like easily a top tier starter for this club. And then he got injured again. Yeah, and then he exactly. came back before you could finish that sentence. He got yeah. hurt. <laughs> it was just like, and hey, trust me, I was rooting for the guy. I mean, he me seemed too. like a nice guy, very like fun guy on social media when he was on social media. And it just was like it just it's just unfortunate. It just never worked out. Maybe we get a little Aaron Ramsey action, and like out of nowhere, he like or Jack Wilshire actually, yeah, Jack Wilshire actually. Oh. And out of nowhere, he's like stops getting injured, and then he like is decent. But yeah, yeah, I think it might be the last road for him. So he'll have at least the second half of this year to impress. But that seems to be pretty much it. From that end, the next thing is Rafa spoke a little bit, gave us a little insight into his plans to sign Solomon Rondon permanently. Uh, Lasha, did you hear about this at all? It was a short little interview that Rafa did. Um, yeah, I, I heard about it. Um, I feel like it was like Rafa confirming what we already knew. Yeah, he, it's funny because he was like, he said, yeah, like I think it's likely that it could happen. You know, ask me in a couple weeks, and if he scored a four, few more goals, I'd say it's even more likely. So he was like, it's like yeah, like uh, we're planning on it as long as he keeps doing his job, then I'm in. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny the way he worded that. Uh, I just think it's something to note because there has been rumors on the other side that, that West Brom will be signing Dwight Gale. And so I think the full-on swap is going to happen. Dwight Gale has 10 goals in the championship already. So he is obviously taking advantage of his opportunities. I honestly just hope that – because I think initially Newcastle was, was fine with just a straight-up swap. And I think West Ham valued Rondon more than they should Dwight Gale, which understandable. Um, but I think it was one of those things where it's like, if you're looking at it from a third party, which, I mean, none of us really are, it would just, like, the swap deal would make sense because Rondon's better suited for the Premier League and Gale's better suited for the championship. So each team kind of gets, you know, what they need. So a, a straight-up swap deal would have been fine, but this whole loan swap thing, it just delayed what was ine- inevitable. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I, I think part of the reason for the swap is, like, West Brom was like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to get a good championship player for the one year that we're in the championship and then we'll come up we'll get Rodman back but you know it's not all that likely I mean they're in third place now they're five points out from second which is automatic promotion spot six from the top of the table so they are in a playoff place but uh, as we all know that's all but guaranteed I mean there's I mean it's not guaranteed I said it wrong um like the 
it's very I mean it's a toss up once you yeah. get well so but I you get kind of nostalgic with Dwight Gale because I remember how he was for us in the championship I mean thought he was God for a little bit there and I do want to say that we tweeted this and by we I mean I tweeted this and I spoke about this many times in Slack that like Dwight Gale was not going to be a good Premier League uh, goal scorer and people were like oh, I don't know I just think he was just not with the right club and I was like no he's not going to be a good Premier League goal scorer and lo and behold he wasn't and he's great in the championship and it's like literally look at his stats <laughs> he scores like 20 goals in the championship every season he's been down there like and he he scores like three in the Premier League it's just, I don't know good for him though yeah that's wonderful news for him uh, the next bit is that we are linked with Michael Travnik. Michael Travnik, do you know anything about him? <laughs> no. I Honestly, when I first read it, I thought it was the same guy we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he plays for Jablonik Czech, uh, in the Czech League. Very similar to Ronaldo's situation. Ronaldo probably played against him. But and maybe even Dubrovka. So the the one interesting thing is, um, I almost called him Jablonik, but Travnik is his name. Michael Travnik. His agent is the same as Dubrovka's. So that is interesting. People say it not that doesn't really matter as much. It does. It definitely does. Uh, but uh, Jablonik's in the Europa League. They're doing well in the Czech League. He scored ten goals in seventeen appearances. So there's there's a bunch of clubs linked to him. Actually, you have like uh, Augsburg in the Bundesliga, Czech and Moscow. Um, a couple German clubs are interested outside of Aus, Augsburg. Why am I struggling with that word? Uh, Newcastle and Fulham have been linked to him. So there's definitely a lot of interest for him. He's 24 years old, attacking midfielder. Could be, I mean, they're thinking like around four mil, same that we got for Dubrovka. Um, Worth noting. Any thoughts on him? Um, <laughs> he looks like a good player. Honestly, the Chronicle music just started playing in my ear. Like your <laughs> videos, your auto play videos. Um, but anyway, uh, he looks like a good player. I think, uh, like the the value that they were, his reported value is like four million pounds. So it's like that's kind of a steal. I also just want to just make just quick note: Fulham should not be looking at attacking players. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, I mean, no, maybe yeah. they should just so we know they'll get relegated. Yeah. Like, sure. <laughs> Look at attacking players and then like not address your biggest issue. That's yeah. fine. Go ahead. Do that. Yeah. Go ahead. Fulham. Have fun. <laughs> um, next thing. Car Darlow linked to leads. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, that was a loan deal, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, I know Leeds is thinking they want to get competition for their starter. So I'm I not mean, sure. I was. No, I mean, so I'm knowing was, Newcastle. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I think Carl Darlow. I think for the short term and in Rafa's mind, we found our number one. Darlow and Elliot both had their chances, and it was inevitable that one of them was going to get sold at some point. And so. Goodbye, Darlow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it, it was inevitable. So, yeah, I, I'm I backup keepers or maybe even third string keepers not really that important to me unless it's like a super yeah big time prodigy name. Um, 
then up then for me. I'm honestly just waiting for when someone's interested in Isaac Hayden. Yeah, like anybody can come like, up, please. Yeah, just like we don't care what league, just someone get him off the books. Yeah. And we'll kill him. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, next thing, Asia Cup. Have you heard of that? <laughs> yeah, I've I've really tired of hearing about it, but go yeah. ahead. Give everyone the news. So we know Key was going the whole time. We know we were gonna miss him. But Yoshinori Muto was caught up by Japan. So if assuming everything still works out with that, there's I guess a little bit more time to fully decide there's like a preliminary roster and then a final. But um, we will miss Muto and Key for at the most January fifth to February first. Um, they have three ma- they each have three matches. So they could be eliminated pretty early, but still that would that would be over two, three week period that at minimum we're gonna miss both those players. I would doubt that South Korea and Japan are gonna be eliminated fairly early though. No. Just considering I, the fact they're they're the World Cup qualifiers out of Asia. So Yeah, they're um, gonna they're going to definitely advance both. Yeah. Um I just honestly, I said this to Greg before we started. I'm just tired of like the Chronicle just milking this story for like three months now. Go ahead. I'm just like, who, who are we going to be missing in January? <laughs> it's like we know we're missing Kia Mutual. Like everyone knows this. You don't need to write an article about it every week. And I mean, to to their point, like yeah, it's been a pretty slow news week for Newcastle. Hence, like the. I mean, I guess it's not. It's I guess it's not like fun news. I guess that we're talking about, but it's been pretty slow news week, and so I guess I can see why they were like, "Oh, let's just talk about Key." And then the Muto thing happened. It was like he's going. Oh, he's not going, and now he's going. So good for us, I guess. Um, oh, bad for us, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, just whatever. <laughs> like uh, you, you kind of just hope Shelby's healthy um, by January, and that's more of the concern I have. Like. I'm not that worried about Muto because not because I'm super confident Perez or like sold on the fact that like Almiron will be here in January. I just, Rafa has already kind of proven, I guess that he's completely okay with going Perez. And like, I've kind of accepted that. Um, So I'm, that's not as big of a miss as losing key especially because we have no idea what the heck is up with John Joe Shelby. As of course yeah. we, we talked about glass pod. He went and saw a specialist. So we don't know what this oh, person man. specializes in. Specializes special. Wow. Can't speak. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. So uh, we don't know what they specialize in, but we know that John Joe Shelby will be seeing them to get specified or specialized on. I don't know. Special, specially specified on. Yeah. They'll get some yeah. stuff. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I, I guess I'll have a little disclaimer here. Uh, when we give these club sale updates that we are going to give up, doesn't mean that we're right. We're just letting you know what the people have been saying. And we're not, and I'm not saying like, oh, if we hear anything, we're going to tell you like if black clouds, that account, I don't even know the full account. If he says that somebody's building a casino and wants to buy Newcastle, we're not going to report on that. Cause that's just focus. Well, you just did. So. You have to. You have to. <laughs> I was more, he got you. I was trashing the report. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, you have to give some sort of of evidence to you being correct. So we do have something that is, I think, is worth mentioning. Elijah, take us to it. Uh, Gary Cook is now linked to 
uh, be an interested party in the club who's reporting another U.S.-based consortium um, who are supposed to be willing to meet Mike Ashley's $300 million asking price. Uh, Gary Cook was a formal, was the former Man City CEO um, for a while, so I guess that's, that's good. Um, he was really involved in Nike, um, and so that I wouldn't be surprised if his U.S.-based connections are in investors within that company or Phil investors. Knight? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why did you be... just say Phil? Because he's connected to Nike, so is Phil yeah. Knight one of the investors? That's what I just said. I said he could be Phil Knight or oh, some okay. other people in the company or – could be possibly Michael Jordan, um, which I just wanted to say it could be possibly. I don't think it is, but it would be fun to have MJ as an owner. I mean, actually really bad because he's a terrible owner. But anyway, um, but yeah, so he's just, he he was with me um, there when uh, Sheikh Mansour bought the club. And so he um, he was uh, one of the key and in, key individuals that made Man City the financial and uh, talent powerhouse that they are today um, doing stuff like approving sales and, and bringing in guys for ridiculous amounts of money. So shout out to him. He's linked to the, to the club. Don't really think it means anything right now. Um, and I, this is what is scary. I guess a lot of people's eggs during the Peter Kenyon basket. Um, all the other reported parties that we've really heard about to this point um, have, we haven't heard about them or from them in a while. So you know, that's not promising to be honest. So, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's move on from this. So hope, hope for the best. Uh, I just don't see anything happening yet. And there's going to be an article about that from Elijah. So stay tuned. Um, next bit, we had a match and I must say, were we right? I love when we're right. I just love it when we're right. How about you? Except for when it's a loss. <laughs> I still love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in a very tough way, I love it. It's a, it's tough love. But both Elijah and I said a very miserable 1-0 win for Newcastle United. And I even add a little cherry on top saying that Rondon would score. So, since I live in Vegas, you guys should probably listen to me now. I'm joking, don't. Don't listen. Oh, yeah, Don't yeah. listen to my Greg. Do you think you'll you'll be a guy that loses a lot of money um, in Vegas? I don't like think so. On sports? No, because I've never I've never lost a bet. So oh well, that's. <laughs> I'm guessing you've bet like three times total. <laughs> no, I have lost bets. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's why I'm living in a hotel room now. You know you can't. Can't afford a place to live. No, I'm joking. Anyway, let's get into the match. Um, yeah, let's get what, to it. What's your thoughts? Lineup? Um, any surprises for the starting lineup for you? Um, I mean, I remember, I'm trying to even remember. That's how insignificant of a match this was. Um, I honestly <laughs> forgot who started. It, and I want just want to say, fresh for you. Sure. I also just want to say that. Um. We were right in every regard. We said this was going to be a boring match, and it was. We said this was going to be a one-nil win, and it was. And we also said that it would probably be the worst match that we've seen this season, and it almost was. 
So good for us. Good for us. Yeah. But yes, if you could refresh me on that starting lineup. So we know the keeper is Dubrovka. Okay. That From happened. There we had Mankio, Cher, Nels mm. Clark, Diame Key, Kennedy, Atsu, Perez, and Rondon. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I, okay. So um, interesting lineup, to say the least. Um, so it, it, it was essentially three. It was three at the back. Well, it ended up being five, but it was Cher on the right, LaSalle's in the middle, Clark on the left. Kennedy was a left. Well, let's face it. He was a left back. And he was a left back, yeah. Supposed to be a left wing back, but due to our the tactics, he was a left back. Mankio was on the right. Atsu and Perez played just off of Rondon and um, Key. And, so it was that 5 2 2 1. Yeah. That little five. Yeah. Yeah. And a three, it became like Honestly, a 3 4 3, I guess, more than anything. But yeah, yeah. You're on it. Yeah. Okay. I'll say this. So um, I, I don't know. There were so many people. Well, I remember saying this. There were so many people who were mad that Mankia was in the team sheet. I was like, who else did you think was going to play right back? <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is, not only that, but he's been good the last three weeks. And we'll get into yeah, that. that was a- he had another really good game. Yeah. Um, he's, like surpri- he's surprising me. Yeah, he's he's good. Um, I think that competition's doing well for him. I hey, could could see Yedlin, uh, you know, seek, seeking a little challenge there when he gets back into the – from being suspended. I don't, I don't know. Um – but yeah, so uh, I I didn't understand that, but I mean I think everything else kind of did surprise me. It was good to see Atsu get another game in because I think that he's played uh, pretty well. Um, yeah. Yep. Key obviously fine. I mean Diame, it's like what what else could you possibly do? Um, <laughs> like, I mean Hayden's bad, Diame's bad, so you're just kind of stuck at that position. Um, and of course Shelby was injured, so whatever. And I think Isaiah Paris has actually done well with these like three four three or. Three two two ones or whatever three or five two two ones or these kind of funkier formations that we've had the past couple of matches, and so it's been interesting to see him because he's not really being used as a true cam. He's being, you know, used as just kind of like someone else building up the attack, kind of out wide, or as like a co-secondary striker. I don't really know, but he's looked better. So shout out to Rafa for like utilizing Perez in a way that actually deems him kind of successful. So good job, Rafa. It's almost like you are one of the best managers in the world. Yeah, which you are. Now, so we'll get into the the match a little bit. One of the things that I I was shocked by is that we bunkered. We completely bunkered against Huddersfield. And you have a team in Huddersfield that has the worst scoring record in the Premier League. And and we talked about it. We we said last two times we've been there, it's been a 1-0 loss. So – I guess Rafa just saw something on the side that said, hey, if we bunker and get one on the counter, we'll win. And simple as that. So I, uh, I was very surprised to see the tactics. And I was like, okay, they're bunkering in the beginning, and they're eventually going to come out of it and, and bring it. That's what I thought, and it didn't happen. We, I think the number is 23% possession. Is that what you saw? I mean, it was yeah. insane. And it's, in that situation, it's really hard to even judge a player how they did or if they were bad. Like, it's like we can't really slate them because we only had the ball 23% oh. of the match. Oh, no. There there was a player who was bad. Oh. Oh, Modiame 
<laughs> well, you won't get there. Well, you just kind of gave it away. I'm just, oh. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I've, like, I'm grateful for his tackles. But this man cannot retain possession of, of the ball, like, at all. I've just, I've, yeah. li- there was literally one, there was one point in the match. Again, this is the fourth match in a row I've seen him do this, where he has kicked the ball out of bounds, meaning to pass it to someone. And I'm like, dude, you're trying to complete a like three yard pass, and for some reason it's going out of bounds. Like there's at that I I don't know I don't know that's just uh. anyway. You're right. We did bunker down. It kind of and it, I honestly didn't hate it because I kind of saw what Rafa saw. Like as much as Huddersfield got forward, they lacked so much creativity. It was like they could they had, never do. They could not do anything. They couldn't do anything. It was like it was like if Iose Perez like was a cam, but like actually was a center back playing cam. That's what their <laughs> attack looks like. It yeah. was like a lot of people standing around doing nothing, and it was like they didn't know how to handle having so many people in the box. And so, and, it was, and honestly, it was something they weren't used to because yeah. there's no one who bunkers down against Huddersfield. Like, if anything, Huddersfield is used to bunkering down. And so, I mean, missing Moy was huge for them because I think Moy is the only guy that they have that could kind of, like, create on his own because, I mean, there were some guys who were – they were, you know, pacey and – they made some decent runs, but I mean, not a lot of chances that were really created. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. I think if Moy, even just him, if Moy was in the lineup, I, I bet you our tactics are completely different. Then, yeah, that's that's just my opinion. I have no basis of that or no evidence to even portray. But I, I do think because he's the guy who makes stuff happen, and I don't think we bunker in against Huddersfield. I think we're better player for player than them. So. I think uh, Rafa just used the tactics in his absence to our advantage and got a pretty – it was ugly, but it was an easy three, I guess, maybe. All right, so uh, the first point I want to talk about is in the 20th minute, there was a – it was a uh, Diame foul. <laughs> no no surprise there. Um, he kind of upended Hag and a uh, hog, and then it was Billing who took this – heck of a shot from 35 yards out i mean i not many people can hit a ball like that and yeah. dubrovka made a heck of a save got his left hand up there and just nicked it over the bar um that was the first wow moment i guess in the entire match and then just a few minutes after that five share almost had one yeah almost almost, had almost. um that would have been something yeah yeah he was very close uh kennedy played a, a short ball to key and he floated it towards the back post, and Cher kind of there was they tried to do an offside trap, and Cher beat it, fired a shot on a pretty tight angle, but uh, it was parried away. I thought that that was about to be it, and that was a heck of a ball played by Key. Not a lot of people given as much credit there. Um, yeah, that was a that was a good moment. That could have been the first one. Uh, kind of. Very boring, the rest of it. I don't – yeah, there's really no other notes that I have here in the entire first half. The last one I had was in the 40th minute, you could audibly hear the fans saying, Mike Ashley, get out of our club. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so that's literally the only notes I had. Um, your first half updates. Um, It was pretty boring. I was watching it with the Toon Army Atlanta folks, and, I mean – it's just like I guess it was frustrating to not see. I mean, it, like not not thinking about it tactically, 
it was like frustrating to see like on surface level us not going forward and uh, committing numbers forward against Huddersfield. But I mean, after you know having a couple beers and settling down, I realized honestly they're bound to break through at some point. And it kind of reminded me of like when I've seen teams bunker down against like Atlanta United, where it's just like they're just patient with the ball. And eventually there's a breakthrough or the opposite when Atlanta sits back like they've done in the playoffs and they're like sat back and then eventually they got a goal. It was the same thing. It was like if your team has if your team's able to win this battle of patience on either side of that bunkering down, you're going to break through at some point. And it also helps that if the other team doesn't have any semblance of attack whatsoever. So I, I saw that they didn't really have you know a chance of committing numbers for it and actually creating something. And I was like, okay, maybe we'll get one sometime in the second half. And if not, it's an away draw. So I'm not mad about that either. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I saw halftime. A lot of people were slating Kennedy. Um, but you have to understand that he is not a left back. <laughs> so a lot of people are saying, Oh, Kennedy looks awful today. Like, well, you know, he's probably our best attacking player playing left back. So let's, let's calm down a little bit. Not, not many people can play that position. <laughs> so just something that I'd like to note. Um, let's see. All right, second half started. We're great. Yeah. So share – so this is just after – so we had a couple brief counterattack chances, and then it was share. He, like, came up from the defense, which he did quite often, and then he tried – He I guess the red had a pass to Rondon. And it was like deflected and it's half cleared to Perez and a shot deflected to Atu. And this is like my thing with Atu right now is he's doing well enough and he's getting a big chance pretty much every match and he hasn't put any of them away. So this ball kind of rolled right to him in the middle of, of the penalty box and he just shoots it right at the keeper. And you're like, ah, oh, come on, just put one of those away Atu. Cause he deserves a goal. I think his play deserves one. And, uh, and it was just – it was so close. But Atu missed, and sure enough, <laughs> it's still 0-0. But luckily, we didn't have to wait much longer because a mere minutes from that chance, it was another wonderful counterattacking play that um, started with the Bravka, actually. He played a pretty – I don't want him to ever play that ball to LaSalle's again. Almost got it stolen. But uh, LaSalle's fed it back to Cher. Dinked it forward to Perez, who, like, Cher's ball to Perez was unreal. And then Perez was out wide, and Mankio is just pumping up the up the sideline and, and kind of cuts in and overlaps Perez. Finds open space. Perez dinks it right off to him, and then that released the center back who was on Rondon to get Mankio left Rondon wide open in the middle. Mankio with a perfect pass. Lovely ball to Rondon. Finish is perfect. One, nothing. Newcastle United. Yeah. Thoughts on that build-up play? Um, <laughs> it was it was it was beautiful. Um, once you saw that center back commit to Mankio, you knew it was over. Like you're just like all Mankio has to do is play a ball in the general vicinity of Rondon, and he's putting it home every single time. It was like maybe six seven yards out. So I mean, I like it was one of those where it's like you're just waiting to cheer. You're like, you're waiting to scream, like, get in. And so that was cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, that, that's kind of it. I mean, I was a little nervous about that ball in the beginning, but once 
you kind of saw Newcastle get out and and create an attack. And, and and to be fair, I will say this: the first ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes of the second half, Newcastle seemed to want to commit numbers forward and then sit back and then probably do the same thing later on in the game if they hadn't scored. Um, and so that's that's what it looked like, and that's honestly what happened. So good good on Rafa for that that game plan, which I think we've done every time we've kind of bunkered down. We kind of have a, a period of like fifteen minutes of the second half where we like send some numbers forward, and the announcer's like, "Oh, finally Newcastle are sending numbers forward." So, um, but yeah, it was a it was a good goal, and I honestly had no doubt in my mind that uh, Rondon was going to put it in. Yeah, I, I feel like when Rondon it has space in the box, that's a goal every time. And that's how it should feel um, with a striker. But uh, And this is a tough one because after, you know, we're you're getting to the 70th minute mark and Newcastle's just honestly not really just playing well. I mean, they are bunkering, but they're giving up possession so easily. They're just – I was just surprised, but it worked. So I can't be mad at Rafa. I just have to keep mentioning that because it's like, man, what are they doing? Oh, what are they? What's ultimately the goal? Is they just want to counterattack Huddersfield? Like, I feel like you can. There's a way better way to go about it. But anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. We won. The next bit was 65th minute. It was. I thought it was a goal. It was a goal. There's no even like it was. Perez was on side. That that's all yeah. we need to say about that. It was <laughs> gorgeous. I, uh, I mean. It was like vintage Jose Perez. Yeah. Um, so Rondon flicked the ball to Atu, who megged whoever it was. Yeah, megged the heck megged out of that him. dude. Atu. And then uh, he, he slid in Perez, who adjusted and flicked it right over the keeper. I thought it was in. And I, and the instant replay shows that it is a half step. It was onside by a half step. It wasn't even like a half step in the grand scheme of things is not that close. Like Premier League referees catch a half step. Yeah, they do and, all the time. Yeah. So I, it makes me even more mad because remember last week we were talking about the quotes and Rafa was so mad. He said, we need VAR right now. This is another instance. How many times are things going to come to haunt Newcastle rather than help us? Like, please, before VAR gets implemented, just have one thing go our way that isn't supposed to happen. Please. Yeah. I'm just – I don't know. I'm, I mean, I guess you could count all the times we've had pretty bad tackles where the guys haven't been sent off immediately. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's good for us. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Like, yeah. he looked on side. He looked on side watching it live. <laughs> like, Yep. No, it, absolutely. I mean, there was – one defender who wasn't in line, and he was the one that is why Perez got that space or got up a little bit further. It's just, oh, it boggles my mind how this keeps happening to us. Not the offsides issue, but just these events, these game events that happen where it's like, this is obviously not a right call, but it's happening against us every time. I, I don't get it. I, I do get it. I, I no, understand. You do. It, like, I'm going to go the route of a lot of fans who are just like, the Premier League, there's a conspiracy against Newcastle. That's just what it is. We're yeah. just going to have to go full conspiracy route. Like, it, it happened again today because we got announced new uh, <laughs> new, uh, new uh, TV games that were moved to TV. And it was like, like, they moved the game to Monday night, and fans were livid. They're like, this is an outrage. We always get scheduled for Monday games. We always get scheduled for midweek games. I'm just like, dude. 
I mean, if I'm the Premier League and I know that I'm going to get a full stadium full of, like, a really good supporter section, like, I'm going to put them on TV as much as I can. Yep. <laughs> like, you should be – I mean, you should be kind of I, – I would honestly – I think it's a compliment that they're that you're getting moved to these – like, you're – Yeah, like, definitely. a bunch of matches where it's like you know that if it was Wolves versus anyone else, like, the atmosphere won't be as great because you'll just have some Wolves fans chanting. And, like, even if it's, like, Liverpool, you'll have a few Liverpool fans there singing, you'll never walk alone. And But, but with Newcastle fans in an away game, you're going to get – the full St. James experience or the full 90 and then after the match as well. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's good TV. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. No, I, I completely agree. Um, there wasn't really anything else that, that happened of note really. I mean, there's subs, the subs didn't, nothing really changed. They just bunkered. So it was tough to tell, but you know, it's a big win for Newcastle. It's, it wasn't pretty definitely the first half, but our qual, uh, qu- sorry, the quality that we had for counterattacking is was awesome. We didn't get many chances, but uh, we made them count when it happened. And it's a big three points, and now we have a great opportunity to go back this coming weekend and get another three. So overall, it's a it's a one zero win against a relegation rival, and we put some space, and I love it. Yeah, good for us. Yeah, great for us. So. The I guess the only bad side of this match, like I'm trying to, I I wrote that we should do like an overview recap, and my overview is for Newcastle they just lost the ball a lot, and we just fouled too much around the box, and that's kind of comes with the territory when you're, um, when you're bunkering, but that's that's really it. I mean, I mean, and and to to add on that, I think like I think people expect that you don't see much of the ball when you're bunkering down, right? And that's understandable. I think where where teams seem to lose the ball is like, okay, well, there's no one else to play the ball to. So, like, that's where they concede possession. Newcastle were conceding possessions by just bad passes to people yeah. who are open. And that's what's more concerning is that, like, if you're not compete, if you're not completing these, like, you know, six, ten-yard passes to guys who are wide open and they're getting intercepted, like, that's more of an issue than, like, okay, well, it's just Rondon who has the ball by himself up top surrounded by three three, three defenders. Like, all he can do is try to, like, nick it off one of them to get a throw in or just, like, try to boot it towards the keeper so they have to start their attack all over again. Um, but, yeah, I think that's – for me, that was the most concerning thing. I, I, I'm, I've always been concerned about the fouling, but, like, then again, I've – I just feel like that's that's Newcastle's identity now is that we're just yeah. going to foul all the time. <laughs> yeah, and Huddersfield had double, almost double the shots. They had 15 to R8, but it was the same amount of shots on target. So that's telling, too. Uh, we both had five shots on target. Yeah. It was not good for Huddersfield. I would, not, I would be pissed if I was a Huddersfield fan. Uh, just in general, because I'm supporting something in Huddersfield. But then to watch that, that would suck. All right, so let's get into quotes. You like quotes? Yeah. How much do you like quotes? Um, I like them when they're positive. Yeah, we love we love a positive quote. Also, so, sassy Rafa quotes. I like <laughs> yeah. So Rafa said it was really important for us and them, the players. So to get three points here in the way we did with a big effort from every player is always something you have to be satisfied with. Against a team so close to us on the table, and to get three points, it was a good achievement. 
This group of players deserves credit, and today they came together and worked hard. The pitch was very fast with the rain, and we needed to be precise with passing the ball, but they were on top of us, and we didn't have the control. We adjusted a bit in the second half, and I said that with two or three passes, we can get it behind, and that's what happened. Uh, he mentioned giving the ball away. He said we gave the ball away a little bit in the first half, but in the second half, we were better organized. The idea was to exploit them on the counterattack and exploit, exploit the space behind them. So, yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> Do you have any quotes? Are you um, mac and cheese over there? No, I'm just like I I don't agree with Rafa saying we gave the ball away a little. I mean, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. But yeah, I mean, I it, like like I said, boring match. You're gonna get boring comments. You're gonna get boring reactions. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> to stats, we'll be yeah. to stats. Yeah. Um, two wins and four draws from our opening eight away matches. So we have 10 points from eight away, which is one more point than they managed our entire 2015-16 away, the year we were relegated. Um, the entire season. <laughs> so that's good. Um, it's our second win away from this season. Um, the, that matches our worst total in a season, so two. So we have a whole second half of the season to get more than that. So I'm confident. Good for us. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it was our 111th away victory in the Premier League. Yeah. Good for us. Again. Flight win against Huddersfield. So that means uh, – so all we have left in the current Premier League side, we've never won at Brighton in the Premier League and at Watford in the Premier League. Um, Solomon Rondon got his fifth goal for Newcastle. That's his fourth in the Prem, which leads the team. And we sit 14th with 16th points in the table. And at the same point last season, we had 15 points and we're in 17th – or sorry, 16th place. I have both tables up. But in the relegation season, we had 17 points in 17th place, if that makes sense. Yeah, we're in a better table standing after 17 games right now than we were last year or our relegation season. I just so, just to point out up. what we've said is that we thought the beginning of the season was going to be tough because we had all the top teams, and then as we got started to play some of the mid table and lower table teams, we lo and behold be better. <laughs> yep, and you, are, you forgot you forgot the three straight results with Huddersfield that are one nil. Oh yeah, yeah, three straight. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. That's from the, the, the CHN radio personal stats department. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's yeah. our own research that we've we, done. We have, one, we have a file cabinet and one file <laughs> so far. Building, building. Um, so on the 538, their predictions for the rest of the season, they have we didn't move much at all, and even our relegation chance percentage didn't move that much. It went up two percentage points so or went down. Um, so Newcastle has 21% chance of getting relegated, which is better than Southampton, Cardiff City, Huddersfield, Burnley, and Fulham. Fulham has a 66% chance of getting relegated. That's crazy. Um, so they're predicting that we'll finish in 15th place at 38 points. So that's not bad. I think we'll pretty much all take that. Um, at, I mean, if we – sign off at 38 points and it's saying that so this is the crazy part to me 
So they're predicting that Fulham will finish the season with 30 points, Burnley with 31, and Huddersfield with 31. Newcastle in 15th place, seven points clear with 38. That's insane. There's such a big drop-off from the bottom three to everyone else. And then there's a lot of different drop-offs, but that one is – I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, I I also think that I don't know. I think it's I think it was kind of like the whole. Dis, I, I think the disparity between the bottom three and the rest of the league this season is going to be the the highest. Yeah, I do. Just too. based on the fact that like we're already seeing such huge gaps, like you said, on the table already. Like even between us and like some of the other teams, there's like seven, six, seven point gaps between like just a couple places above us. It's just weird. It's a yeah. it's a very weird Premier League season. And also, I just want to point out that, uh, like, I think it also kind of um, – the season has told people um, that no matter – like, it doesn't matter how much you spend if you don't, like – if you aren't buying the right players. And, like, that's exactly what happened to Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, it's – they spent they spent a lot of money. And, uh, and it, granted, a lot of it is, like, stuff that they'll pay in the future – and they'll eventually pay it all off. But it's like they spent a lot of money to be legitimately one of the worst teams in the league in a league where there is a team that we just played that legitimately does not have an attacking threat on their roster. Yep. And that's kind of sad. And there's like – or there's a team that literally relies on one – there's teams that rely on one guy um, as a semblance of their attack, like Pascal Gross or like – I mean, with the Huddersfield, it's Moy. I mean, and still like Fulham – has a decent attack, and it's just like you invested so much in attack that you didn't think to start with the defense. So, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's do – I want to start with your worst player since you've already mentioned it. Just give us a little insight into your worst player. Um, I mean, it's Modiame. He gave away that foul. He gave away the ball a lot. He's just clunky. It's just – I'm just ready for – us to sign a new central midfielder. That's kind of it. I mean, like, it's just, I don't, I don't know what else to say about him except for he's, he's got probably the second worst first touch I've seen, and he's he's vying for that spot with Yazzie Zardes for the, the worst first touch I've ever seen in my life. So I don't know, dude. Diame is just not. He's not great. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, outside of Diame, though, I think. There was a lot of the people who played well. It was nice to see LaSalle's play better um, after just having a howler last week. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think he played well. Um, Kennedy, I think, is someone who I didn't think played particularly well. But that's because he was playing as a left back and not as a left wing back. I think if we're going to go as defensive as we went, I, I would have rather seen Dummett there um, and just Kennedy on the bench. In general, I mean, not nothing against him. I just, I mean, I'd rather see Dummett there. Um, so, and maybe Dummett's not a hundred percent. Maybe he's at like seventy, that seventy-five percent. You don't want to play him a full match, whatever. Blah blah blah. Who cares? Um, but yeah, I think Kennedy wasn't great. Yeah, uh, my worst player is yeah, I yeah, I agree with Kennedy. It wasn't a great day, but you have to understand from a positional standpoint. People do, yeah. not you. <laughs> um, that it, you know, it's just that's a hard transition to make to be uh, a skilled attacking player to now all of a sudden not use your entire skill set at all for an entire match in the premier league and, play, and to be and, forced to 
to use your biggest weakness, which is yeah. defending, and yeah. like, be forced to like make that your priority for the match. Exactly. It's it's not realistic at all. So my worst player is – this one was hard for me to pick. I want to say Perez, but it's not. Mm. I just always want to say Perez. But, no, he's – I mean, you have to say it – you have to give him credit. He's doing well right now. Yeah, um, so he, he should have had of, a goal. Yeah. Yep. And my worst player is – I see Perez. No, I'm sorry. It's for me. It's it's weirdly Christian Atsu, and the reason why I picked Atsu is because he had a 47.8 completion percentage in passing. Under under yes, that's bad. <laughs> that's that's awful. Are you sure? Are you sure that's bad? <laughs> yeah, um, 47.8 percent. He had he had a great chance. He had two shots on goal too. So that's that's good. That's what you want to see. Um, the you can't really harp on anybody with their touches because they're just like I said, this is the way we were playing. But I don't know, like I I just think that's unacceptable. And in a game where you can't really point out, nobody really lost the game for us. Nobody had the ball enough to lose it, and nobody had an insanely bad defensive mistake that cost us points. So for that, then I'm just gonna go with Atsu because he just couldn't pass the ball to save his life. Uh, but I, I agree with you. He's due for one, like, soon. Oh, my it's gosh. It's probably going to yeah. be a banger, too. Like, to me, like, one of those, like, frustration shots is going to go, like, top left of the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I I think he's had – I think it's three in a row now where he's had a chance that's like, oh, my God, how did that left go in? Yeah. So. Nick, I mean, didn't he hit the post last week? Who hit the post last week? Oh, Ronda hit the post. That was ridiculous. Or the crossbar. Yeah. He's, anyway. He's looking good. That's what – that's what – I think as well. I was going to say that's what she said, but like that's not even that funny. But that's what she said, joke. So yeah, you could you could say that that's what she said for something better, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, we'll come back to her. Um, I I need to give a shout out to Javi Mankio. I mean, he's. I think it's just because he has. It's more of a a culmination of performances. Hey, he he's played left back and right back. He's played left wing back or right wing back. I mean, whatever you want to call it. He's played both both sides and has not looked bad on either side. So, shout out to him. I think he's taking his chance as well. Um, I think, I, I yeah, I think that it's it was good for him to get an assist and like you know that tur- his hard work turned into like a tangible stat that we can look at instead of like looking at you know oh how many tackles did he have or you know what was his possession rate or stuff like that um, it, yeah. it's good to see that he got an assist so um, shout out to him and and honestly it, it's you see a different Mankio than we saw last season um and mainly because he seems like he's a little bit more confident going forward like he's not a completely oh we need a bunker down uh, fullback which I think he kind of was before because he was very hesitant to go forward because usually when he went forward bad things would happen so um he's he's definitely you know a little more confident going forward, and that only bodes well for the future of uh, of his playing time and how much playing time he gets. And I think it creates some nice little competition between him and DeAndre Yedlin. So let's yeah. uh, let's let's go for it. Let, let's do stuff. Let's let's have some fun. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely deserved for me. Um, I one I just want to give a shout out to the three center backs. I think they all played well. Uh, just wanted to say that, and but my number one player is the man behind the center backs. It's Dubrovka. 
he's really, really good. And I was checking to, to like, I, sometimes I like to fact check myself to make sure I'm not off my rocker too much. But uh, who scored gave him an 8.15 rating. So that's phenomenal for a goalkeeper. I mean, yeah, five shots on target, and some of those saves were pretty impressive, like very impressive, like top-class saves. And I just have to give him all the credit because him being in position, keeping his the center backs in line, keeping the formation straight. Uh, he had one little blunder in, in a ball out to Lascelles, but outside of that, it was it was that one little blunder away from being a perfect game for him. So you have to give yeah. Him- and I think when it's all said and done, I think he'll be one of the people who's going to be a surprising addition for people who don't watch Newcastle, which is a lot of people, um, for you know that short list of like Premier League keeper of the season. Because if you're going to look at what his numbers are going to be, he's not going to have many games where he gives up more than three goals. Because Newcastle yeah. haven't really done that this season, even against the best the best talent. So that's already going to put him in a position to be like considered for um, that you know, that award, and it's very possible with how the back line's playing that he could have a couple more clean sheets added to his name as well. So, um, I mean, shout-out to him. And shout-out to Roberto Rojas, a good friend of the pod, obviously, who, who <laughs> tweeted out that the best keeper might be in Spain or something yes, like that. And literally, hit all of the replies were like, <laughs> Newcastle, 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 or like, yeah. mates, the Bravka. Like, it was just, it was just like, Roberto just did not, he, he kind of got blind to it. I think he's... He hasn't really caught on to this, and it, it's funny. Like when we talk he to him, he doesn't understand. Newcastle. He doesn't understand what he's gotten himself into. Like for the rest of his life, he's going to have Newcastle fans like talking to him on Twitter and never like a, a harassing him or anything. Just like always, you know, mention like inserting them themselves into like tweets that he's that he's doing. Like and and like and like that one where it, nothing to do with Newcastle, nothing to do with the Premier League at all really. I mean kind of I guess because I think he was watching the Liverpool game. Um but it was like that had nothing to do with Newcastle and everyone's like, oh yeah, let's make this about Newcastle. So um <laughs> shout out to Roberto. Welcome to welcome Newcastle. to Newcastle Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Newcastle Twitter too. Yeah. Um Newcastle are have the eighth least amount of goals conceded in the prem uh 22 goals a season uh we are really i mean we're three less goals conceded from being fourth so (laughs) we're literally right there with the top of of the rest of the league uh just for laughs fulham have given up 42 goals a season Jeez, compared to newcastle's 22 what is wrong with your defense (laughs) i honestly like i i I don't know. I just I don't. Like, it's almost like the entertainer's gone wrong. <laughs> it's like it's Newcastle's serious. entertainer's gone wrong. That's exactly That's what. <laughs> so uh, looking at the table, we kind of mentioned this. Um, we move up a little bit in the Premier League table. So Newcastle sitting in 14th place with 16 points through 17. Keep up that pace, and then I guarantee survival. Um, the relegation. Crew right now is Burnley, Huddersfield, and Fulham. Fulham have nine, Huddersfield have ten, Burnley with twelve. So we have a a nice four point cushion right now from uh, the the bottom three. And then ahead of us, just briefly, we're well. There's a five point cushion from us to to Brighton um, for thirteenth. So hopefully we can close that gap a little bit in the next few weeks. Looking at the top, it's still Liverpool. 
in first with 45 points, Man City 44, Spurs 39, Chelsea 37, and Arsenal 34. And you may have heard in sixth place, Manchester United with 26 points. And they now don't have a manager. Bye-bye, Jose Mourinho. Yeah, bye-bye. And uh, surprise is Wolves have 25 points in seventh place. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, With a zero goal differential. All right, so let's get into questions. And I just have to say, before we actually really dive into it, because questions are sponsored by Fubo TV. I, this morning, Las Vegas time, which is Pacific time, got to just hop on Fubo TV and watch a wonderful Bundesliga match between Stuttgart and Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen oh. won two to one. It was a pretty good match. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Fubo TV, for providing me with that wonderful experience that you just had. Bundesliga, it's pretty easy. Home. You literally no. just you. It's like a, it's like a TV on your computer, and you just choose what channel you want to go on, and there it is. You're watching that perfect, perfectly clear. I loved it. Yeah, I've heard that if we keep doing this, that Fubo TV is giving us our own show. Yeah, it's going to be the Fubo HN radio show. FHN <laughs> FCHN. Yeah. FC- <laughs> Google coming home, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. TV. Or it could just be CHN Radio brought to you by Fubo TV. <laughs> no, I want FCHN RTV. All right. That, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you guys want to, or when you do sign up with Fubo TV, we'll have a link in the description of this podcast. You can find it on our website coming home newcastle.com just click on the link and sign up you will not be disappointed all right questions yes let's start with yours okay which is not mine i stole it from oh yeah, yeah well with yeah you all right so let's do that so tune polls uh tweeted this after the jose Mourinho firing um or sacking or mutual parting of ways or leaving the club, whatever you want to call it, the dude's not there anymore. And they said, basically, uh, as a poll, and actually I want to, I kind of want to see the results of this. So I'm actually going to look, look at the results while Greg gives his answer. Yeah. Um, they said, would you rather have uh, Peter Kenyon and Jose Mourinho or Mike Gashley and Rafa Nitez? And you can't like, you can't like, you can't switch off and be like, Oh, what Peter Kenyon? You have to choose one or the other. Yeah, so mine breaks my heart. But no man is greater than this club. So I am taking Peter Kenyon and Mourinho. Yeah, um, and, 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 and I was struggling with this in the beginning. Um, but one, you have to realize, one, Mike Ashley is a terrible owner, first and foremost. Yeah. You, you'd hope Peter Kenyon is at least different and something else. But Jose Mourinho is not a bad manager, first and foremost. And he would, and like given his track record, he would already force this club to spend more than we wanted to, and get us the types of players that would be good, um, and quality players for the club, um, that kind of put us back on that pedestal of being this, you know, big club in Europe. Um, and then on top of that, once we sack him, inevitably, we'll ha- get another manager, possibly Rafa again, who could take the talent that we've accrued and turn them into, you know, winning the Premier League. So I'm thinking super long-term. I'm thinking, like, my five-year plan is, like, you get Peter Kane in, you get Jose Mourinho in, they spend a lot of money for two or three years. We, you know, climb up the table. Maybe we finish seventh one year. 
fifth one year, get knocked out of the Champions League, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, once everyone's kind of had it with Jose Mourinho, which is going to be hard. Like, I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he'll do something to piss off the fans, but they're going to want to force him no, out. No, he loves Newcastle, remember? He does. I know. He it's, loves it's, us. I'm trying to figure out how we get him sacked because Newcastle fans would be fine with getting, like, sixth and fourth. But that's, that's beside the point. <laughs> he just needs to get sacked so we can just use the talent and all the money he spent. Yeah. To get, like, a, a manager that's going to utilize it the best. Yep. Um, yeah, you but just got to – it all hedges on, like, Peter Kenyon doing well. Yeah, that's true. And that's pretty and much all, what it, that question comes out to. Yeah. And out of curiosity, if you're curious, so out of your own curiosity, um, <laughs> it was 80% voted for Kenyon and Marino and 20% voted for Mike Ashley. Okay, Rock. okay. Yeah, that, almost that's a thousand tough. votes. That's tough, and it's nothing bad on Rafa. No, I think everyone who voted for Mike for not sorry for Kenyon Marino was basically like like anything to get Mike Ash out of the club. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if you told Newcastle fans right now, like they would be heartbroken. But if you told them right now that like there is a a Dubai investor. Like Dubai royal family was buying the club, and they were planning on spending four hundred million pounds in the next four windows. But they weren't—they didn't like Rafa Benitez, and they'd like to bring in a different manager. I don't think Newcastle fans would be upset at all. Yeah, I think. like it would suck in the short term, and we'd give them the best damn farewell any manager's ever gotten. But they wouldn't be upset. They wouldn't be like, "Oh no, what are we going to do?" I mean, there's going to be your your couple. There's going to be a Could couple that will do it. The response to that new owner if they did that i mean it would be terrible i mean the thing is the owner's probably going to be still in dubai and they're not going to care yeah no I know. yeah but yeah it'll be the classic situation of like but they're spending money so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's the best news that you could ask for for us so our official questionnaire of chn radio trevor mooney oh wait wait Wait, I have a follow-up, Greg. Oh, <laughs> this, okay. This one's crazy. <laughs> Someone responded, Rafa and Ashley or Kenyon and McLaren. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, like, that's tougher. Yeah, that's what, the, that's what the question should have said from the beginning. Yeah, because. Or, no, like, uh, John Carver <laughs> and Peter Kenyon or. <laughs> yeah, like, like just the worst like managers that. Newcastle have had and yeah. a new owner. <laughs> well, Carver claims he's the best manager in the Premier League, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's look at your record, bud. Yeah. So Trevor says, you are packing for a big trip but only have one suitcase. Who do you think could pack it in the tightest? Rafa, Mourinho, or a redneck stuffing a lip full of dip? That's pretty good. That's a good question. <laughs> um, that's ex- <laughs> Trevor, good job. <laughs> yes. Um, you've, you've retained your, your position as official questionnaire. Yeah, for sure. Um, that is tough. Uh, I'm going to go Mourinho here. Okay. Because I've never seen someone pack the bus like like pack it in so tight. Like when you have such good players, like at least Rafa has the excuse of like, well, we don't really have the best quality. But Mourinho's legitimately spent like hundreds of millions of dollars to bring in the best defender, so you don't have to do this, and to bring in the best attacking player, so that you can just attack ruthlessly and still 
packs it in. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's that's just what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the redneck. Yeah, that's so the, red, the redneck's a simple-minded fella. You know, he just wants his the dip in his lip, and he wants to go on his way. Rafa and Mourinho are very complicated people. Rafa, I mean, think of the tactical differences the man thinks about on a daily basis. He's going to have trouble packing the suitcase. He'll probably find a, a really nice way to pack it, and then tomorrow have a completely different way to pack it. Mm. The redneck's just going to get it in there. Yeah, just get her done. Get her done. <laughs> that's that's my philosophy there. That that's a that's a that's a Southeast America joke for you, you international folks. <laughs> you internationals, uh, America exit, Merck's exit. How Merck's do you even say Brexit but for America? The U.S. exit. U.S. exit. <laughs> Love it. That was on the spot too. Pretty good job, Elijah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You bring me on here for. Well, that. Do you have anything else? Um, I think that um, the the quietness about this Miguel Amaron thing is a good thing. I'll just throw that out there. Ooh. Yeah, that's um, I, like uh, it's just I'm very much in the boat of like he has to be sold for Atlanta United to uh to I mean it's not a very it's like this is legitimate fact he has to be sold for them to kind of continue on with their long term plans or their short term plans and bringing in a different attacking player, Pitti Martinez, who just won Argentine Footballer of the Year. <laughs> so, or like or league fo- the Argentine League's Football Player of the Year. So, um, you're, you're, you got to sell Amarun at this point, just to, just for the, the fact you, you, you want to bring in this other guy who just won Argentine's league, League's, the Argentine League's best footballer. So, good for uh, Pitti Martinez. Maybe Rafa should target him. Who knows? Yep. Well, I think that we are – I, you know, I, I really want to say that we're going to get Almiron and we're going to get Francois Carmona and come out with a strong 4-4-2 one day. That would be awesome to see. But, uh, you know, let's just take it day by day. I will say, before we really close, we got some exciting stuff coming for you the next few weeks. Oh, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It involves a brewery. Yep, and it also involves transfers. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay, that's what you were talking about. I did, we were well, not no, on the same page there. Well, no, no, we were. Okay, good. We were on the same that we're bringing to the people. Not just, okay. We're, okay. we're multidimensional on CHN Radio. Multi-dimensional. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah. By the way, we have multiple dimensions. Yes, yes, yes. All right, well, that concludes our episode 26. I am your host, Greg Troxel. From Las Vegas, Nevada. That is your co-host, Elijah Newsom from Atlanta, Georgia. Peach State. And mm. we are the best podcast in coming home Newcastle history. Wait, 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 Greg. Yes? Greg, Greg. You said the Peach State and just reminded me. And if there's any British people who are listening to this who've made it this far into the pod, please let us know. If like, I'm not really sure how Britain's set up, but I guess our town's known for certain things like here, all the states have their own, like, oh, like, Florida's the orange state, Georgia's the peach state, New York's the empire state. Does each city have their own identity? Like, is there, like, is, like, it's like, uh, um, is, is Liverpool the raspberry tart city? Just, just let us know. Nevada's the silver state. 
Mm. Why? Delaware is the first state. <laughs> Very creative there, Delaware. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, it's, it's like the Napoleon complex. They're like so small, they have to tell them, oh, yeah, we're first. That's how they do it. Don't forget it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now you can finish with the, with the closing out. Well, anyway, playing along on this conversation is probably going to be Blade Races. Actually, it is Blade Races. So I hope you're enjoying it while we're speaking to you. And uh, we'll see you in a couple days. We're going to preview how we're going to beat the living snot out of Fulham. We love you. Away the lads. Sing a song and I sang the party thing I danced a jig and swung me twig the day I went to bleeding. Oh, no.